Hold us close, Lord. Hold us close. As we wait on you, we will soar with you. We thank you once again this afternoon. Good morning. As we go into your word once again, continue the hope, the hope that we have in you. May I decrease and you increase. Your Spirit of God, speak through me and let your people hear. Thank you. We pray for the hearts of understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. We continue our series, Abounding in Hope. We started last week, and God has been gracious to us, giving us another week to finish it up. Now, let me recap quickly, in five minutes, what we, did, we said last week. Last week... We learned together that hope is a feeling of expectation and a desire for a particular thing to happen. And that particular thing is always a positive thing to happen. Positive to, for improvement of situation. Could be financial situation, relationship, marriage, could be sickness, pain, anything. And we say that all the time, the English word, when we say we hope so, we believe in that thing to improve. But there are three groups of people who say we hope so. Some people say we hope so without relying on anything. So it just becomes an English word. And it's, that hope so is like a, lock, a lucky dip, lottery. It's a chance. They are hoping that things will improve, but they don't know how that thing will improve. And there are other people who say, we hope so, but they are relying on something. They are relying on false God. God who cannot help them. And there are other group, it's like you, like me, who are hoping on the rock. The rock that the builders rejected become the chief cornerstone, Jesus Christ. So next time we say, when we say we hope so, this time we say with meaning because we know our hope based on something else. Praise the living God. And we say that without hope, you are as good as dead. That's, I didn't say it, the Bible said it. He said it somehow some other way, but I translated that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> what the Bible said is, hope deferred. Make the heart sick. That means if you lose hope, your heart, you, you are sick. But if the desire comes back, and you go back and hope on something, it's like a tree of life. That will spring forth. That's what the Bible says. So without hope, you are as good as dead. And then you also learn that 
there are, as I went through the Bible, there are four things that I discovered about hope. And he said, true hopes come from God and develops with him. So it's God who gives hope because we read the Bible, it's a God of hope. It's a God who gives hope. And then the hope has come by the Holy Spirit that are pouring to us. And it develops. Well, how it develops is, it said, the Bible said, through tribulations, you get perseverance. And the perseverance brings character. And the character, hope. That's how it develops. So as we go through our life here, with all the batterings and sufferings and things like that, we persevere in the, in that the Lord will deliver us. And that is building character in us. And the character gives us more hope. And the hope comes from identifying the promises of God and standing on them. And at a certain point, we said hope and faith are on the same conveyor belt. Because at a certain point, as you hope, as you hope, and you pray, you pray, you feel in your heart, like what Pastor Manasseh just uh, did, the testimony. When the lady felt in the, her heart that, uh, what do you call, the, thing, the small voice was speaking to, that is the right, that time it became faith. So she was not even hoping now. She knew that it is done. Only waiting for the evidence. So hope, trans, what do you call, in the same conveyor belt goes into what? Faith. And we also say that hope does not disappoint. Hope will never be cut off. Our expectation will never be cut off. That's what the Bible says. And then the last one we said, hopes endures, endures to the Lord's return, or we translate it into a new word. And that's what we're going to look at this morning and to the afternoon. Hope that endures. That so the Lord returns, or we are translated into the new word, whichever applies. Amen. Praise the living God. I believe that uh, if you want to hear the first message and all the uh, Bible scriptures, because we can't go through them again, they are on there. Todd, I saw Todd put them there, so. You can go back to our site and then look for it, and then you will see them. So now let's start. We said that it is okay to hope in God's promises for things, situations to change in this world. Whoever, because I'm going to speak on different hope, but it is also okay to hope in uh, this world for things to change. Because we are living in this world and we are supposed to be the Bible, we are supposed to bring a goodness to other people. That, that young man. We are supposed to translate God's promises into other people. So we are living in this world. We are not gone yet. <laughs> when uh, <clears throat> That uh, poor man, what was the name again, who went to heaven? Lazarus. Thank you, sister. When the rich man said, can you allow me to go? He said, no. He said, can you allow Lazarus to go and tell my people? He said, no. He said, there are other people there who will tell them. Those people are you. Those people are me. We have to tell them. 
before it's too late. So while we are here, we have hope to live. So it's okay. But then, there is another hope that I'm going to major on. And that is very, very, very important. That hope is linked with why we are Christians. It's the basis for our Christian Christianity. That hope. In First Corinthians 13, 13, they said there are three graces. Some people call it uh, three virtues. And I call it three gra graces because I, 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 some books I read, they say three graces, but some call it three virtues. They said faith, hope, and love endure it. But the greatest of all is what? Love. They will endure. And we were, we were going to go through it. They will, so here you see the faith and hope. They are so, you see, they, they come again. They are on the same conveyor belt. They will endure until the Lord comes. They will endure. They will continue to endure. Why? Because we are hoping in him to come. And that's what I'm going to talk about this afternoon. So let's first read Romans, I don't know, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 12 to 19. As we read, then I'll take them one by one and, 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 and digest it. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 12 to 19. And uh, can you give me amplifier, please? 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 12 to 19. Now, if Christ is preached as raised from death, how is it that some among you say that there is no resurrection of the death? Paul, Apostle Paul, writing to the church in Corinth. But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, useless, amounting to nothing. And your faith, this is where you come in. And your faith is in, also in vain. You must, if Christ wasn't raised, you shouldn't be here. You should be somewhere in the pub, drinking or something like that. That's what he's saying. Your faith is also in vain, imaginary, unfounded, devoid of value, and benefit not based on truth. Carry on, please. We are even discovered to be false witnesses. Remember? The apostles were called false witnesses because of this same particular thing they said. Jesus was raised from dead. False witnesses, God, because we testified concerning him that he raised Christ, whom he, didn't, whom he did not raise. If, in fact, the dead are not raised, let's carry on. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless and powerless, mere delusion. You are still in your sins and under the control of, under the control and penalty of sin. Yes, Carol. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. You, we always say that we will see our loved ones who are in Christ. 
He said, if Christ was not raised, then they are lost. We, we will see them. That's what he's saying in effect. If we who are abiding in Christ have hope only in this life, this is where we are going to major, have hope only in this life, and this is all there is, then we are of all people most miserable and to be pitied. Wow, sister. <laughs> we said earlier that we, it, it's good. There's nothing wrong to, to hope for adequate food, shelter, and clothing. Nice places to live. Nice clothing. Hope for better life. There's nothing wrong with it. But he said, for if in this life alone we hope for that, that we are miserable. So then you ask him, so what other hope then? So there's another hope that we should major on. That's what he is saying. And that hope, brothers and sisters, hope for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is that hope he's talking about. And that is the basis of our Christian faith. Because Christ, who died, was raised again, we also rise one day and then be with him forever and forever. And the second scripture gives you also a more explanation of that. And that's Romans chapter, Romans chapter 8, verse 22 to 25. Romans chapter 8, verse 22 to 25. And amplify again. Yes, please. For we know that the whole creation has been mourning together as in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only this, but we too, who have the first fruit of the Spirit, that's a, a joyful indication of the blessings to come, even we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for the sign of our adoption as sons, the redemption and transformation of the body and the resurrection. Mm -hmm, carry on. For in this hope, in this hope, we were saved. So you and I were saved into this hope for the adoption of the sons and then for the, uh, the new body. But hope, the object of which is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what is already seen? Or, but if we hope for what we do not see, we wait eagerly for it with patience and composure. Hallelujah. Now let's break them down. Earlier on, uh, uh, we haven't read that, but Paul was talking about sufferings, futility, vanity, frustration, bondage of this word. Earlier on, that you can find that in uh, verse 18 and uh, 20 and 21. We didn't read that. Then he came down from the 22. Now let's go one by one, 22. So let, let me break it down. 22. 
So he says, for we know that the whole creation has been mourning together in the pains of childbirth. Now all the sufferings, all the futility, the vanity, the frustration, the bondage of this earth. He said that we know that creation is mourning because of all these things. Creation, that mankind is mourning because it's imperfect. When God created the world, it was perfect. Until we all know what happened. Until the enemy, yes, came in and set a trap for uh, our father Abraham. And all the sufferings, all the futility, frustration, bondage, decay came back to us. And he said the creation since then has been mourning. And the reason, one of the reasons why we mourn is that, he said, we have tasted the first fruit of the Spirit. That's a foretaste of the joy that we have in Christ. We are tasting it. Christians are tasting it. We are tasting it. The little, when we come together and we are praising God and everything going on, we are gathered and then, uh, you know, we are helping each other. It is the first taste of the joy that will be in heaven. And so we are tasting it. So we are mourning for the better one to come. What we are doing now is just a, a tip, a first taste of it. That's what he is saying here. A little bit of it. And we are mourning for the better creation to come back. That's what he's saying here. Just as the nation of Israel, written here, just as the nation of Israel tasted the first fruit, you know when they sent the spies and they brought the abundant uh, grapes and, and all those things. It was a, it was the tip of the iceberg, the first taste of what was supposed to be in Canaan. Just as they tasted it, we here now are tasting what is to come. That's why we are mourning for the better world to come. When I was reading and I saw the adoption again, I said, why adoption again? Because we have been adopted already. But then I went into the script, I went to the, 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 help, the help guys. They said, this adoption is the, uh, the first adoption is when we become Christian. We do receive First, first adoption called spirit of adoption. That the Bible has said, and we, you know, the spirit of adoption. That's the work of the Holy Spirit for us to be in the right standing with the family of God. Then there's the proper adoption, which is the true full adoption. That's where we receive our inheritance. We will be with Christ forever. That's what he was saying about. I think a verse, can you put the verse 22? For something like that, I think it's can we 20, 23? Yes, yes, and not only this, but we too who have the first fruit of the spirits, a joyful indication of the blessings to come. So, he's explaining the, the first fruit of the spirits. So, we are we have a joyful indication of the blessings to come. So what we are experiencing now is a joyful indication. The small thing that we are experiencing now that we are happy that we are Christian 
it's a small indication of the blessings to come. Even we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly of our adoption as sons. This kind of adoption is the second adoption where we will be proper children of God. We will live with Christ and the transformation of our body. Before that, we got, our bodies got to be transformed and we will live forever with Christ. That's what he is talking about. And because that one is not yet, and some, of, some, some people cannot see, they say it's not true. Well, what he is telling you that hope that is seen is not hope. <laughs> it's just like faith that is seen is not faith. Because we haven't seen it and we believe it, we are waiting eagerly for it to come. And it's that hope that you, that me, have to look for. Not despising the hope for improvement in our lives. No, we're not. We're not saying that that is not. We, we all need that kind of hope so far as we are in this world. But if all the hope in this world to get a good car, to get good house, to get good husband, to get good wife, to get good children, then you are to be pitied. You are to be miserable. That's what the Bible says. You are miserable. This is a better hope. Because all these things that we are talking about, good husband, good car, good it's a small indication of the things that will happen in heaven. That's what the Bible is saying. So it is good. Yes, we look for these things. We look for good career, good for this. But please don't put energy on those things. Put your energy on the things that will let you be transformed or be adopted as a child of God. And you live with Christ forever. That is the hope that we are talking about this time. Let's read the, the last scripture here. And, then, then, and, and I'll bring all together now. Isaiah 40 verse 31. Isaiah 40, verse 31. I think this scripture is familiar with all of us. <laughs> I'm not going to read the, the, the ones before. You know them already anyway. So, but those who wait for the Lord, or those who expect, look and hope in him, will renew their strength and renew their power. If it's that hope is in you, you always renew your strength and you renew your power. They will lift up their wings and raise up close to God like eagles. Rising towards the sun, they will run and not become weary. If you have that hope, no matter what the situation, whatever comes your way, you can still run and not become weary because you are looking for the coming of the king of kings. What we are experiencing here is a tip of the iceberg. It's a foretaste of the good things to come. Don't let indulge all our energies or all our resources on this world to beautify ourselves, to live in the grandiose houses, to do all the things that, you know, people in the world do. 
the word of God, you all know, is a seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all other things shall be added unto you. When he says all other things, it doesn't mean that because the big houses, he will give you adequate housing, adequate food, and adequate shelter. That is the necessity of life. God will give you. Put him first. The things that will lead you to heaven. That is what we are coming. That's the hope. Hallelujah. So I'm going to conclude here. So I've written here the conclusion. God is concerned about the trials of his people. He is concerned about our trials. And it is right that we mourn. <clears throat> yes, it is right. Jesus during the, his ministry on earth mourned when he saw what sin was doing to mankind. When Jesus saw what sin, he said, this daughter of Zion is bounded. Jesus was mourning. When he saw what sin from Adam's time has done to mankind, Jesus was mourning. So it's right that we mourn. And we look for a better solution. Today, the Holy Spirit groaned with us and filled the burdens of our weaknesses and sufferings. The Holy Spirit groans with us. But the Spirit does something extra. Instead of just mourning, he prays. He also prays for us. The Holy Spirit prays for us. Because the Bible says we do not know what we ought to pray for. The Holy Spirit, as we rely on him, he prays for us to live that better life that we want here. So that we can concentrate on the things of God. The believer never needs to faint in sufferings because he or she knows that God is at work in this world. And has a perfect plan for us. Let's read Romans 8, 28, 29. Last week, I think somebody read it. We read it again. It's a popular scripture. Romans 8, 28, 29. And we know that all things work together for good. For those who love God. To those who are the called. According to his purpose. The called are the chosen ones. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Let's go on. Are we finished with 29? Come on, let me see. If, uh, moreover, whom he predestined, he shall also call. When he is called, it's okay. I think that, that, that should be, I, I think there's another scripture that, uh, oh, you know the scripture that's, uh, I think that, that, yes, that's, go back to, go back to the, um, according to 29, for whom even he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the first on a many brethren. Maybe I read that scripture in uh, NIV. Go, go to 28 again, let me see, please. Okay, now I'll use this one to explain. We know that all things work together 
for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Did you see that? Did you see that, that all things work together for good for those who love God? Said, and to those who are the called according to whose purpose? God's purpose. According to God's purpose. So the plan of God for us, yeah, is good. He said, all things work out good for those who love God. But it's also according to what? God's purpose. So not according to what you want, not according to what I want, but according to the purpose of God. What God wants to do in his kingdom. So if you are crying for this, and God says, it is good, but not according to my purpose. The door is sealed. But if according to his purpose, and it is good, the door will be open. So brothers, sisters, don't let us put all our concentration on what is good for us. But also let's look on the things that is according to the purpose of God. According to the plan of God. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, For I know the plan that I have for you. Or the thought that I have to think of you. Is of good, not of evil. Hallelujah. And he says, to give you what? A future. And what? A hope. I am more convinced than ever that God is on my side. And if he's on my side, who can be against me? So not tribulation, not trials, not anything. I've told you it's a dead gold syndrome. I'll pass that. Not anything can tell me otherwise. But if you are here, a child of God, and all you come is Sunday service, or you sit on home and watch us speak, and all you are concerned is whether I'm Am I going to get this? Where am I going to get? Where am I going? I always tell you that. Send your prayer and say, God, grant me things that will work good for me and according to your purpose. You know, we can go ahead and do things on our own strength. They won't get us anywhere. I'm telling you because, well, I'm not too old, <laughs> but old enough to have grandchildren. <laughs> I've seen a lot. I've gone through a lot myself. And every time I recount it, I'm crying, so I'm not going to recount it now. Like Sister Christy, I'm not going to cry. But I've gone through a lot as well. And I've seen the goodness of God in the land of the living. I've seen the, I've seen the hand of God. And I'm convinced more than ever that he loves me. And the young ones are youth. 
please, 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 please. I said this last week and I'm saying it again. If you are involved in any relationship and it breaks down, don't cry too much. You can cry one or two days, three days. I give you that. I give you that option. After that, don't cry too much. God says He's got a plan for you, a plan of good. Look unto Him, the author and the finisher of the faith. A better person is coming. Better man, a better woman is coming. Not anything under the skirt to come and lure you, or anything under the trouser. If you seek this him first, his word, all other things will follow, not the other way around. Please, 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 please. If you are here or you are online or anywhere you are you are hearing the sound of my voice, let heaven be your number one focus. And other things follow. After all, how long are you going to live here? He said the length of our days is 70 years. If by strength, we go up to 80. I know some people can go to 100 because somewhere in the Bible it was 120. I know that. You can go. You can, uh, the king will write uh, this thing for you. Yes, 100. Uh, you, you, you clock 100. But after all, you will still be depending on other people anyway. <laughs> Probably to feed you or something like that. And everything is gone. Finish. Kaput. None of the things that you, you are going with. None of them. As soon as you get there, Father Abraham is standing here. And the devil is standing here. And they are fighting over you. <laughs> Father Abraham said, he is mine. Look at this. Look at that. Look at that. The devil said, look at this, look at that, look at that. Which one will carry the weight? A word to the wise is enough. Because they show an example already. The rich man and Lazarus. That's what happened. Let's hope in the Lord. Let's hope more in the Lord. We are not discounting you hoping in improvement in your life. No. They are all good. But hope in the Lord first and all other things shall follow. Hallelujah. As we travel through 2023 and the years after, I wish I could tell you that all will be rosy throughout. I wish I could tell you that but unfortunately, the Holy Spirit hasn't given me that instruction to say that. So I'm not going to say it. If I say that I'm a false prophet, I'm just like those who say your, your father is a man and your mother is a woman. Same. So I'm not going to say that. The Holy Spirit hasn't told me to say that. But what I know is that if you have confidence in God, if you have hope in God, 
Because you know faith and confidence are all driven by faith in God. Uh, uh, confidence in God. Hope and faith are all driven by confidence in God. So if you have a confidence in God and you relate to him in order for your situation to uh, relate to him in order to be hopeful that your situation will be well or improve, you are on the right path. And also I know that what you expect in the Lord, your situation will never be cut off. And your expectation will never be cut off. He said, you will never be disappointed. It is not out of place to hope for things in this world. Good health, adequate food, shelter and clothing, adequate finances or wealth, better relationship. It's not out of place to hope for those things. They are necessary whilst we live in this earth. But also hope in the coming of the Lord first and do the right thing and welcome him. And the Lord shall say, Good and faithful servants, enter into the joy of the Lord. May God bless you. Amen. Hallelujah. I believe we can do it.